Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to the Colts Cover 2 podcast. I am Joel A. Erickson. I am joined as always by Nate Atkins. Uh, we timed this because we knew that Shane Steichen was going to announce today uh, on Tuesday that they're starting. No, we, we didn't know that. Uh, but we I did, wish we were that good. We did have it pre-planned to do a podcast and then actually what happened was Shane Steichen made it easy on us by uh, naming Anthony Richardson the starter. Um, if, if you've been listening to this podcast, I think you know that both of us have been on the Start Richardson train for a long time. But the Colts, that's because the Colts, that's partially, from at least from my perspective, it's partially because the Colts have been on that train for a long time. The, the, from the moment he was drafted, they telegraphed that they wanted to do this. Shane Steichen said it uh, the night he was drafted. And, and even more so than that, I'll take you guys back to when I was at the owners' meetings. And this was before the Colts really knew who they were going to take because Chris Ballard said they knew after they met with him, which was it like I think the week after the owners meetings that he knew he wanted to take mm-hmm. him. But like bef- even before then Jim Irsay was at the owners meetings talking about Peyton Manning's rookie season and how it was 28 interceptions and three wins and it was a, a rough go, but it ended up being worth it in the end. Like they, they've been greasing the wheels for, for the, to start their rookie quarterback for a long time. Yeah, there's no doubt. And I, I, I just think every circumstance is different and it's important to look at, at what makes it different. This one, you know what is it now? They're going to have a, a sixth week one start, six new week one starter in six years. Seventh. It depends. Well, seventh or eighth. It depends on how you want to look at it. Because there's like one way to look at it where if it's back to back starters, it's eight. Uh, yeah, Luck's but, in there twice. But I don't really. I for me it's seven because Andrew Luck is Andrew Luck, and like when he was on the roster. Obviously, he was going to be the, the starter. Now, you had the Tolzien year. I think it's fair to you throw the shoulder year in there because that was the first sort of significant luck uncertainty where you started thinking this might be a career type thing. But it's it's Tolzien, Luck, Brissett, uh, Rivers, Wentz, Ryan, Richardson. Yeah. And the biggest thing about that is the big difference here is out of those guys I just mentioned, the only one that was supposed to be here for a long time was Andrew Luck. Everybody else was going to be short. Maybe, maybe Wentz. Maybe you yeah. could argue that they hoped with Wentz. Well. Yeah, they hoped with Wentz. But yeah, I just I and you add in the fact that they ran through three last year. Like this has become such a carousel uh, here in Indianapolis, and it's it's just different than other places that have waited with quarterbacks that they've drafted in the first round. Whether it's San Francisco with Trey Lance or Kansas City with Patrick Mahomes, they had guys coming back, quarterbacks coming back from playoff teams. They didn't have to sell a new starter to the entire locker room. And that messaging is just really important. It's important to get uh, kind of everybody on board, especially building a new culture with Shane Steichen. You want this to make sense. And uh, th- this makes sense, though. As long as Anthony Richardson could get over the hurdle of 
being able to go out there in a game setting like they saw on Saturday, run an offense, not be overwhelmed by the terminology or the plays as they're being called, and then also handle the struggles that do come because that was always part of the deal is that he's going to struggle, rookie quarterback struggle. Guys who've only started 13 games in their college career are almost certainly going to have some struggles. It's all about is he wired the right way to handle and grow from that or would those struggles become something that, that would actually set him back? And I think uh, very much, I wasn't there in Buffalo, but I saw his sideline interview with, with uh, Lara Overton. That really showed me a lot just in that moment when he talked about how he thought he did pretty well, but was right going right after things he could have done better, like not putting the ball in harm's way and making sure that communication is absolutely on point with his receivers. That's all the stuff that they want to hear. And I think once they got to that point, uh, it's just kind of time to roll with it. Yeah, let's let's just go through potential objections. We can just go through potential objections here to, to starting your rookie quarterback. Um, like one one would be, uh, I, I think the the we'll start with the most obvious one: the idea that that if you start Richardson or if you start Minshew, that you have a better chance at winning. Um, I don't know, just based off what we've seen in training camp, if if that. That difference is that great to me. Yeah. No, I agree. I, I, especially the version that we're seeing right now without Jonathan Taylor. Like, if, if you're going to start Gardner Minshew and the argument is to win, I think you've got to feel confident you have the team around him that's going to do the winning. Gardner Minshew has you know, displayed himself as a very capable backup. He knows the system well. We know all of that. But he's never been a guy who has lifted – you know, a lacking personnel to winning above their level. I mean, he was 18 and six, eight and 16 as a starter. Uh, last year, he dropped two games with an Eagles team that, like you said, he's, he's been handed the keys to a Cadillac. And that's not to take away from him. It's just like he's the way I like to look at Gardner is he's not going to lose you the game. That's why you like to have him as a backup, but someone else has got to win it. So, a world where there's no Jonathan Taylor with the pretty big youth movement they're doing in the secondary, uh, you know, just this isn't a team that you look at that he could just sort of run and play game manager and you're going to win and that a rookie would mess that up and therefore drop you out of the playoff race. This is going to be a tough year either way, probably record-wise. And so especially if you don't – if there's any question you don't have Jonathan Taylor, then where's your run game going to come from? Where's your explosive upside going to come from? I think a quarterback, at least with Anthony Richardson's skill set, while it's not going to be perfect, there's more upside to unlock there. There's more – potential for explosive plays like that throw to Alec Pierce that, that Pierce wasn't able to hold on to but was a gorgeous throw should have been for a touchdown of the preseason game that's the stuff you're going to go for that I just don't think Gardner Minshew is going to give you yeah I mean and even even the idea that Gardner Minshew gives you a chance uh to win more like the Eagles the Eagles example is probably the best one because like you would think if, if there's any offense in the league that you all you had to do is not lose the game and you're probably okay it would have been that Eagles offense last year and they lost both games with him you know what, what we've seen out here in training camp and I, I've been through this before I guess we don't necessarily need to harp on it but we, we do today because of the starting quarterback decision is Minshew has not been um, super impressive on the training camp yeah. field he's completed 71 percent of his passes which sounds great but realistically, the vast majority of those throws are in the five-yard range, those zero to five-yard range. A lot of checkdowns are running backs. Minshew has been 
on the run, that, that's another place where Minshew has struggled. Like once he starts moving, it frequently turns into a a scramble for very little yardage or an incomplete pass, errant pass. He tried to make a throw today on the move, turned and. It should have been picked off, frankly. I mean, the Farrell Brown tried to get it, ca- tried to catch it, but he, it got popped up in the air. That's the kind of ball that can get picked off. Um, I'm trying to think, like in terms of, he doesn't a- offer you anything in the run game. Minshew doesn't. Um, da- his downfield ball has often been underthrown. He was picked off today on an underthrown pass where the receiver was open, and he just yeah. he just underthrew it. There, this has been consistent stuff. This has been consistent stuff that we've seen from him, and and so the idea that. By starting Minshew, you give yourself a better chance at winning. I, you, maybe you give yourself a better chance at at less. Uh, maybe maybe not quite as large of mistakes, but there's still mistakes. I think I, I need to count it up, but I think Minshew's thrown more interceptions in eleven on eleven than Richardson has. Yeah, I mean, I think if you had a team where you felt like you had a dominant defense and it was about not creating the backbreaking turnover. Or or mental mistake. That's one thing. It's another thing if they had a, they had an offense, you know, like maybe the Forty ers have, where it's just distributing the ball quickly into the hands of Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle and letting them be the stars. That's where a guy like Gardner Minshew can fit your team pretty well. But like we said, that's what Philadelphia basically had last year, and it, there's still limitation to it. He just doesn't. He has a backup quarterback skill set, and that's not that's not a slam on him because. He's probably going to get paid for a while in this league to be that. It can it can be a valuable thing. Just ask the 49ers. They wish they had that in the playoffs. But it's different to move it in a passing league to make that guy your starter and believe that that's – the reasons aren't to win. It's more like your team would have to be so good that, that you just believe this veteran is trustworthy enough to not mess it up. And this – this team is not in that space. They're coming off a 4-12-1 season, very young roster. And like we said, the skill players, there's talent there. They're, they want to develop guys like Alec Pierce and Michael Pittman Jr., but they're not there yet. They need the quarterback to help get them there. And I think about this a lot with Alec. I just wrote a story about this today at Indy Star, but uh, Anthony Richardson and Alec Pierce are kind of like they're working hard to like pull the upside out of each other in that downfield vertical game that's what they tried against buffalo but that's alec pierce has elite downfield speed and and catch radius and all that anthony richardson has a gorgeous deep ball it's that kind of upside that they've got a chase here that you just don't see with gardner because it's not just that his performance hasn't been you know hasn't knocked your socks off he just he doesn't try risky things That, that there's a good side of that obviously it's fewer mistakes but if you never try any risks it's hard to find any rewards and Right now, I think they've got to chase some rewards because um, it's time. It's time to give this franchise from the owner to the coaching staff, the front office, to the players and everybody else to the fan base some hope. And I think that's what Anthony brings. We we don't ch- – it's, it's, it'd be impossible to chart actual yardage, so I don't chart yardage. But there's a chance that Minshew's 71% um, – now he has thrown the ball a lot more, which I think you can read into that everything – that we read into it, which is obviously Anthony Richardson can run, can do more with his feet than Minshew does. So I think when he's in there, they, you're going to see more running plays just by nature of the way the offense might look. Um, I, I don't think that's anything crazy. I think that's a pretty obvious little uh, thing to notice. But I, in terms of the 71% versus Richardson's 61% in camp, R- Richardson is going to miss more. Um, but a lot of it is 
made up for in that he's going to make more plays down the field, at least in terms from a yardage standpoint. Their yards per attempt, I think, would <laughs> there's a chance that their yards per attempt would be pretty close if we were if we were keeping track of it. There have been a lot more down the field throws from Anthony than there have been from Gardner, um, and so. You know, one of the ways that you can get yards per attempt up is is get lots more completions because then there's no zeros in your average. But you have to get some passes down the field too. Um, and I, I think that maybe the best example of that is that the offense last year. Matt Ryan had games where he completed a lot of passes. Um, none of them were down the field. None of them were explosive. They didn't produce points. And that's that's the biggest thing there. So that's that's one. Would the Colts win more? Well, I, one more piece on that. People always bring up Patrick Mahomes and Alex Smith. Alex Smith at that point in his career is a much better quarterback than Gardner Minshew has ever been in the NFL. Oh yeah. That's oh, a yeah. that's that's that Alex Smith. That's probably pretty close to Alex Smith's peak in the NFL. Is that season? He was an MVP yeah. candidate right around there for a little bit. Yeah, I mean they were coming off a playoff season in. That's the type of team I'm saying that if if they had that roster and that sort of expectation to win that season, to, to a team that a whole locker room that believed they're going to be division champions because that's what they just were, then that's when you could go with Gardner because what Alex Smith was doing and he he had a he's better than Gardner so that was your main point but like he got to throw he got to get the ball in the hands of Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill and let those guys go off and so that that put a little bit more of a need on the consistency, the accuracy, the ball placement, the things like the stable veteran presence that Alex Smith brought to a higher level than Gardner does. But this team doesn't have that. And especially I think about this with like Jonathan Taylor is that if you don't have Jonathan Taylor, what's going to get your run game going? It's not only Anthony's ability to be a runner, but it's also his ability to draw the attention of a defense in some of those handoffs that I I think we saw that on Saturday opening space up for Deion Jackson. Gardner Minshew's not going to bring that either. So it's like it it stresses all the pieces around Gardner if he's going to be the starter that they have to kind of up the levels. And right now, what this what last year's Colts showed is they need it the other way around. They need a quarterback to step in here and lift them up. And that's not to say that Anthony's going to do all that this year. I think there's still going to be it's going to be a lot of bumps in the road, but there's still there's still that upside. There's that plan to eventually move them in that direction that Anthony Richardson brings you. Uh, I think a little more than Gardner does. Let's go to another possible objection to to starting the rookie right away. Just this idea kind of goes back forever that. The best thing to do is to sit and to sit a quarterback to develop him, let him let him learn behind a, a, a more experienced quarterback. That's that's kind of where the NFL has been in the past. Um, but honestly, uh, this is kind of a short one as far as the answer to that. The Colts did it for us themselves, and is they think that Richardson needs to play. Yeah, I think you look at it like. Patrick Mahomes is the, the example people keep going to. I think that there's another way that that was different. Is Patrick Mahomes is kind of the opposite college career of Anthony Richardson. He played a lot and played really well, but he was coming out of the air raid, and it was about rewiring the entire sort of concept of playing quarterback for him. So it wasn't like he needed reps that he needed base fundamental work uh, that, that comes through live reps. He more needed to actually sit there and learn behind a guy like Alex Smith who was already a master of the Andy Reid playbook and in, in a way you could – I know that argument's been made for Gardner that he knows this offense so well so Anthony can watch him do it, but he's not going to run the offense that Anthony's going to end up running here. So that part of it uh, Whereas is Smith, not quite there. Smith kind of could. Yeah. Because Mahomes, Mahomes is mobile, but Alex Smith, people forget, was also very mobile and 
and maybe he can't do the stuff down the field arm strength wise, but Alex Smith conceptually could do a lot of the things that Patrick Mahomes does. Oh yeah. I did I was doing a story on offensive line stuff. So I talked to Mitchell Schwartz who started for that that team for many years. And he said that one of the big misconceptions is people think that like Andy Reid built a whole new offense for Patrick Mahomes. So this is the same offense he's always run. Patrick Mahomes just adds completely crazy levels to it the extra levels of playmaking he can do with that that's different than the offense they're gonna build for Anthony Richardson where he is such a dynamic athlete and Gardner Minshew just is not so yeah I think uh I think that that kind of explains it yeah in terms of sitting in they, the the Colts just kind of said right away that like from the beginning that they thought he needed to play because he says he just hasn't seen a lot and you you can see that in some of the practice field stuff too it's stuff like not feeling the pocket collapsing in the way that like a veteran would not feeling like how much time he has to get it out just stuff that's experienced he hasn't played as much to feel some of that stuff that's some of the stuff you saw it on Saturday I thought I thought that part of the interception was that the rush was getting closer faster than he was expected I thought that happened on another miss that's some stuff that'll speed up as he gets more reps okay the next on our list of potential objections to Anthony Richardson starting is if he struggles will it cripple his confidence in a way that he can't come back from. This is the, I, I think of this as like the David Carr uh, question. Because David, David Carr, for those of you who don't remember, um, was drafted number one by the Texans, got absolutely obliterated uh, by a bad offensive line and never really made good on all the promise he had, in, in part because it seemed like he, he just lost confidence in his ability to handle the rush, his ability to play it all. Um, that kind of thing. That's that's the that's the this version of the argument is you can't play a guy unless you feel like he's going to win right away and be be super successful right away. Yeah, I think it's Zach Wilson too. I think we that one just played out in New York and they ended up benching him and pretty much said they had to rewire his confidence and that was you know a different thing too. That was New York City. So I that was and Zach Wilson had other things going on that Richardson doesn't. It like in terms yeah. of. Wilson had some work ethic habits and some other stuff going on. Well, I was just going to say they they had a good idea of what they were drafting with Anthony because of the amount of time that Morocco Brown spent down in Florida talking to everybody. And they had a good idea, but they, they wanted to see it play out, though. So that's why I think they kind of went through the motions a little bit here with this quarterback competition. They, they had to see how he would actually react to this, the daily practices, the uh, just the weight of the position. And then I think just seeing it, go through one game now it's preseason and it's different than handling a loss in the regular season and stuff that matters but it was at least a window into this guy went out there and had some moments that weren't perfect an interception and you know and you know and other adversity a deep ball that didn't connect and they liked how he responded to it they liked that he took ownership of it while not getting down you know he's got such a light positive personality it's just different than some other guys and I think it also helps him that He's been through struggle before. I mean, that was his experience at Florida. They went six and seven last year. And you you have to really think about when you got to Florida, wearing Tim Tebow's number as a kid who grew up in Gainesville, to have it not materialize, you know, the this dream that he built with his little brother in the backyard, to go six and seven his final year there. And at some point he had to realize, like, I'm not going to leave this school with, with the legacy that I wanted. And what did that end up doing to him? What they found is it made him even more hungry. And so you can never totally predict these things. You're trying to get in the head and the heart of somebody. But every indication they've had between the pre-draft process and, and what he's shown here, I think, shows that 
he's willing to, he's excited to learn and make corrections on, on how he plays. And, uh, and at least so far they feel like he's not going to get two down. The, the Colts offensive linemen and wide receivers, Michael Pittman Jr. Specifically will, will in Buffalo in the locker room after um, Shane Steichen talked about how happy he was with the boys. Pittman was basically like, this is kind of who he's been. He doesn't really get up. He doesn't really get down. He's kind of the same guy no matter what. You know, he's, they said he didn't really address it. He didn't say anything about the pick. He just went back and back to work, you know. Um, and and Richardson kind of said at the same time that he, he draws some confidence just from talking to the offensive linemen and looking at those veterans and knowing that they need him to be unflappable. They need him to be that guy. But he does. it does seem like that's his personality. His personality is um, to kind of – not, not that he doesn't. Not that mistakes don't bother him, because you see it out, out today. Like today in practice, he missed Alec Pierce pretty badly on a play that Pierce was wide open, uh, and and you saw uh, the the frustration in the moment. It's just that it doesn't affect him going on. There was a, another play with Pierce later, where Pierce was open again and he hit him right in stride. It didn't seem like the first throw affected the second one. You know, that's just that's just who he's been in terms of a, a confidence type thing. If if confidence with with bad play or people criticizing him was an issue it would have been a bigger issue in the draft because because the the way things went at florida like that was a really really tough thing for for somebody that florida fan base was very disappointed um we probably have some florida fan listeners who are probably some of the ones going i can't believe we they drafted this this guy um based on what we saw here you know the Mm -hmm. like that Florida thing was very tough, but when he entered the draft process, it didn't seem like it it dampered his confidence at all, his 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 belief in himself and his ability to get there eventually. Yeah, I think this as an offshoot to this. It's we're talking about confidence, but also the maturity to just handle everything that's going on, the struggles that he and the team are going to have. So he laid out like rookie quarterbacks outside of two in one year when Andrew Luck and RG3 both had amazing rookie years and went to the playoffs, those two things almost never happen. They almost, you almost never see a rookie quarterback who has a great year and his team wins because even the year that Justin Herbert had that great year, his coaching staff got fired because the Chargers didn't win enough. So there's going to be adversity that's going to come. And it's about not only does it not dip his confidence, but is he handling it in the right way for the franchise? And I think he's grown up a lot just in this process since it started because it's one of the questions I had. I didn't know this kid, um, and it's it's tough when you're young and you haven't been through a lot of this. And at the combine, you know, that's when he sort of made a comment about um, how his accuracy would be better if he could catch the ball too. And that was a learning moment for him. I know that that they talked to him about that because you see, he's he's just started to think and process it differently. And that's really what this is. That's going to be everything here. Is that he's going to make some mistakes. He he may say some things at times that are not. You know, perfectly. It's a tough job, and there's a lot of things he hasn't seen yet that are going to come at him. But it's more about like, does he have the right overall approach? Does he learn from these mistakes? And I think that was that growth just from the combine as a sort of leadership, personal level from then to now is a good window into how even though he's likely going to make some mistakes in the pros, it's not like he's dug in on this one thing and that you're not going to be able to coach him through that. If if you're looking for a a local example, a very obvious example for a quarterback who went through a really tough rookie season, and it didn't completely ruin him for the rest of his career, it's it's really easy. It's just Peyton Manning. Yeah, <laughs> they were three and thirteen. He threw twenty eight interceptions. 
Uh, he frequently jokes about it with Eli now on their on their Monday night. Like it was a, it was a rough year for him. You you don't want co- like Peyton Manning was the biggest star in college football uh, coming out of the coming out of the draft, and like that had to be tough for him, you know. But he he was able to overcome it. Now, will Richardson be able to overcome it? Like we we don't know for sure until they start playing. We that's the thing about this this starting this starting this is just a quick aside, and then we'll get back into this a little bit later, but. The fact that they're naming him the starter, this, what Nate and I are saying now, we are not predicting Anthony Richardson's career. We're not trying to tell you that we think it's going to be great or, or bad or a Hall of Fame or whatever. We're just talking about the decision in the moment. Mm-hmm. We don't know what's going to happen later on, but the Colts feel like the confidence piece of it has always been there, and they've been encouraged by what they've seen from him at the NFL level in terms of how he's handling things, and they feel like he can handle it going forward. Yeah, one other example I have to this, it's where like I always like to look for the adversity quarterbacks have faced in their lives, and it's kind of a weird scale because you're like asking them to have struggled first to like be set up for the NFL, but it matters. And I, I think about a guy like Sam Darnold, when he got to New York, seemed utterly shell-shocked by some of the things going on. And how couldn't – I mean, I think most rookies would, but he'd always had a really nice – like grew up in L.A. in a power program, went played at USC – kind of ran things in the Pac-12, took him to the Rose Bowl. Like, he had not really faced adversity of any kind, and it was a credit to him. But what he missed out on was having gone through that before you're on the biggest stage and before a whole locker room of uh, grown men are looking to you and how you're going to respond to that. So Anthony going through that last year at Florida, and then just even some of the the nitpicking in the pre-draft process, uh, I think has, has set him up. Like we said, we're talking about this decision in the moment. So in the moment – they feel like they're willing to let him learn this way. Well, I mean, what you just brought up, that's something the Colts also look at is that I've, I've heard them say that before. You know, they, they're looking for kids who, in, in some cases, like where's the adversity in your life? How have you dealt with it? That kind of thing. Um, and that, that can be a lot of different things. It can be an injury. It can be um, losing. It can be stuff that happens personally. Like there's a lot of different ways you can go through adversity. And the interesting thing with Anthony is he's had all of that. And he's gone through all of them, right. He's had he's had the injuries in high school and college. He's had team struggles. His team won two games his senior year of high school. He's had family struggles where his dad was out of his life and he was having to really figure out a lot with his brother. And so those are the traits that are ultimately betting on. It was more like how do we how do we match this up with in a football sense? And I think he's had to learn that over the past year too. But I, I've just seen such growth from him from the first time I saw him at the combine that I can see why they feel like they gave him they gave him a certain bar to clear, and they feel like he, at least in this early stage, has cleared it. Any other potential objections that we've missed that we should go over? What, why you would not start Anthony Richardson, or why someone would feel like they should not start Anthony Richardson? I think the last one would just be you could argue that the team's not ready for him. You know that that like that that they don't have the infrastructure to let this kid succeed yet. And I remember that. I with, mean that this isn't a, this isn't a bad one. This is maybe the most yeah of all of them. I remember that like when Jared Goff didn't start early on with the Rams, that was kind of the argument for him was it was, it wasn't just that he wasn't ready is that they were not, that team was not set up to let him succeed. And a guy who very much needed a system around him to succeed. So, um, so I don't know. What do you think about that one? I mean, I think there's some, I don't, I don't think that I've been looking at this team that you've been looking at this team that most people around the team have been looking at it as a contender. Um, for the playoffs. I think if they're 
if they're in that mix, I think most of us will be surprised. Um, and so there is there is a chance. I think some of the offensive line issues would concern me in terms of depth. If if somebody goes down, um, you know, is Richardson under fire on every snap? That's that's something that would be a concern to me. Um, you know, are, can they protect him the way they need to? Mm-hmm. Um, this one maybe maybe is a little more. I feel like it's a little more valid in terms of do you want to put him out there? I don't know if the Colts feel the same way about it. I don't know if the Colts feel the same way about their roster that that, that I do. Yeah, certainly the offensive side of the ball at least, which is what matters in this situation. You know, I think there are, there are certainly concerns I have. I do think this is the most valid caveat because there is a world where if their offensive line pass protects like last year, it's a bad environment for a rookie. It's bad for any quarterback, but you don't want to develop. Well, it's Justin Fields with the Bears that yeah. first year. And you that's where you get scared about developing bad habits in that quarterback who's not you – you're not able to give him the system he needs, so he's just running for his life and doing chaotic things. I think that happened to both Tim Couch and David Carr back in the day when they were running for their lives. So I do wonder about that a little bit, I think – there's always there's just there's enough hope though in each of these things you know like again like this is where I think they need Jonathan Taylor out there because I think it would really help Anthony to have another home run hitter who can end drives early and not stress him in the red zone which is going to be one of the harder areas of the field for him as he's a developing passer but like I said there's hope in enough of these where his skill set helps an offensive line his ability to move in the pocket makes it different than putting Josh Rosen back behind a broken offensive line that's a good point. They do feel very confident in his ability to navigate the rush, um, handle the rush, kind of escape stuff. That probably plays into their decision-making. Yeah. I, I just, you know, they, I wanted to get to this at some point in the podcast just off the preseason. Well, when we were talking about doing it before they named the starter. But, you know, there are a lot of people who were saying, like, I, I guess – so I made a joke on Twitter uh, that was like death taxes, people – like losing their minds over the first quarter of the first preseason game. And I think some people responded to that by saying like, oh, he's saying they're going to be fine and they're going to be like a really good team. That's not what I was saying. I was saying, I was more saying like, number one, like I don't know that anything you see on any preseason field matters in terms of who's going to win games or not or how they're going to look during the regular season. But also there's an element where I'm like, shouldn't you have been expecting some issues like we we've been talking about depth issues on the offensive line stuff they're trying to fix there like we've been talking about a lot of this stuff all summer all off season like I, I don't know that it's a rookie quarterback like we've said over and over again if you have rookie quarterbacks rookie cornerbacks on the defensive side of the ball if you're if you're doing that stuff there are going to be some issues like we've said it the Colts have said it like everything has pointed all off season to this being a, a season where there might take some lumps and. So I, I guess I was just surprised that some of the – I was more surprised that people were like, I can't believe this is happening. And I was like, I mean, I can. Yeah, I got some of that too because I, I was pretty optimistic about Anthony's day and what he showed. And I had a lot of good amount of pushback because his stats weren't that good and they didn't find the end zone. And I guess that's the same thing. I, I guess I came into it with a different expectation. I, I expect rookie quarterbacks to struggle. And what I'm looking for is can you – can you avoid repeating the same mistakes? Can you get at least like not be shell shocked out there? Get the offense lined up. Be be able to be someone you, they can call plays for. And then can you grow from that in a positive way that that 
reflects well on you as a leader and uh, face of the franchise. That's the stuff he showed me that, that was impressive. But like, he's gonna struggle this year at times. He may he may he may do really well at times too because we we know he has the skill set for it. But I mean, there's when we're saying that like it makes sense to make him the starter, it's not because we think he's gonna hit the ground running and be even. You know, he's not even he's not even. There's a lot of comparisons between him and Cam Newton on a skill set level. But Cam Newton was coming off of a Heisman National t- Championship winning season. He was ready to come in and be closer to his ceiling right away with the Panthers than Anthony's going to be. That's just part of it. It's just more about, like, just kind of the baseline you set. And I just think it's uh, – and I'm not here to – I'm not trying to lecture on, on how to be a fan. You, you guys, fans of this team needed hope. And so, by all means, be thrilled with the pick of Anthony Richardson and excited for the upside and all of that. Uh, but I do think there is what happens with that is is you tend to be you you can kind of be so optimistic or or living in such a positive space that you kind of overlook the downs and uh, potential pitfalls and just the reality of what being a rookie quarterback is and that's why I just bring up like you did Peyton Manning I know Andrew Luck had that amazing rookie year uh, even still I would say he was not nearly what he eventually became he turned the ball over quite a bit that year and that was a Colts team that was able to win around it but just look back to Peyton Manning his first year is that drafting a rookie drafting a quarterback like this is about hope for the future and Chris Ballard said it that night we draft him because of what he can what he can be yeah but there's an acknowledgement that it's going to take a process to get him there and really starting him week one to me is less of an acknowledgement of he's there than we need to get him there and this is the path to get him there yeah, and then ultimately, I think with all of these situations, it comes down to like with with rookie versus with rookie versus starting a veteran. You have to have a veteran on the roster who you feel like is much, much, much better, and a team that is going to be much better. And the, the Colts don't have that. Like this isn't this isn't this isn't Aaron Rodgers coming in with Brett Favre in front of him. You know, <laughs> this isn't a Hall of Famer in front of him. This isn't even Alex Smith, like a a, a very good but. But not great quarter quarterback on in charge of a team that's made the playoffs three times in a row in front of him. This is this is it's Gardner Minshew. He got paid three and a half million dollars in free agency, which was less than a lot of the other back, a lot of the other backups. Like there's the 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 argument that there's a, a playoff berth out there if you don't start Richardson, I think, is false. Yeah, and I've made this example before, and I may write it this week since the Bears are in town. But I just think back to Justin Fields. Draft as a top 10 pick. And Matt Nagy, who came from the Chiefs, wanted to give him that model, that Alex Smith model that, that seemed to work so well. So they signed Andy Dalton. And that's the pro- exact problem you're talking about. They did not have a good enough veteran quarterback to keep that rookie on the bench. And the mess that they got into then was they built an offense for a standard drop back veteran quarterback like Andy Dalton and then threw Justin Fields into that in like week three. And I think his first start against the Browns, he had like nine sacks. It was just that is the environment they can't get into. And I have a feeling that I don't know about that specific example, but that idea I bet played into it with Shane Steichen of like why they're doing this now is you don't want to make the decision so late that you're almost like confusing the rookie about what his role is, about what the offensive design around him is going to be. They need as good of a runway as they can to get started for this. And 
yeah, it would be diff- it would be different if they had a stud quarterback on this roster. This team has had a hard time, even when they've only looked at veterans, finding a stud veteran quarterback recently. He Steichen has also said in the past that some a lot of his success with Jalen Hurts with Justin Herbert has been around taking young quarterbacks and giving them what he knows they do best, like taking pieces of their offense. He has not tried to talk about this with us at all during training camp. I'm reaching back to before they drafted people. Because all he's said about scheme since then is, I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. Um, but but if you go back to what he was saying before the draft about it, the the, the way that, that he helped Herbert, the way that he helped Hurts, was he took stuff that they did well in college and, put, and incorporated the offense around that. And you can't do that with Gardner Minshew. Him and Gardner Minshew and Anthony Richardson have such different skill sets, such different abilities. Like I, I alluded to this earlier in the podcast, they've played – Minshew has played a few less snaps than – Richardson has and has 30 more passing attempts in this training camp that that tells you the difference in styles right there they're they're just installing the offense and it looks that different Mm -hmm. in terms of passing attempts versus what else is going on like by starting Richardson now and I asked I asked Sykin Sykin did acknowledge this this was the like the closest he's come to giving us anything on scheme was I asked him you know by starting him now does this give you a chance to start tailoring the offense to Anthony um, because when we've asked Jim Bob Cooter about this, he said, well, we're still just kind of installing. We're not at that point yet. And Steichen answered. He said, yes, they're at that point. They can tailor this to him and give him the stuff that they think he'll be, that they think will make him successful, which ultimately will help him. And it's probably something that hasn't been talked about enough in terms of some of these other rookie busts was the coaching staff around them. What did they give them? I think there's also a good piece. I don't can't remember if we've gotten to it or not. But I want to go back to it that you've made over and over again that there's a quarterback who had not played a lot of football recently and the thought was he should sit and develop and it has not turned out well. So I'll, I'll let you bring him up. Yeah, that'd be Trey Lance. Uh, so he was drafted under that model that people bring up, that Alex Smith model was supposed to work for the 49ers. They had Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance was going to come in and the idea was this guy was raw. It only started one year at North Dakota State. Basically so, missed a whole year to COVID. Yeah, so they saw – because he has, because he's so raw, he needs to sit and learn. Well, the problem is over time, uh, you know, he was not, he just was not ready. He was not, um, just was not ready to play at all, even in the packages that they had him in. But then eventually so much time has passed that I don't think he knows exactly who he is as a quarterback yet. And I don't think he has the built muscle memory. Um, that's, that's not about, I'm not trying to point that at Trey Lance. I don't think he was given the reps to, to build this out. And I saw a stat where, He's attempted fewer passes since high school than Tom Brady. Uh, Tom Brady had last season, so uh, Tom Brady last year had more uh, pass attempts than the career of Trey Lance. We're talking like what, like six, seven years? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, and so that's where like you, that's where confidence goes the other direction. If you don't let a guy play, if he just kind of fades into the background and you start to move on, and it's about you know it's Jimmy Garoppolo leading you to the NFC Championship game again, Brock Purdy, or Brock Purdy. You know, it just and it starts to be like, and if that kid's not getting on the field, that starts to send a message to that kid of like, we don't trust you, we're not ready for you. Like, they're giving, it's like they're adding confidence to Anthony right now, which is what I asked him about the comfort level of knowing these are my guys, this is my first team offense, and he said that's huge because he wants to. He really learned at Florida that being a quarterback is not just about stepping in and being one eleventh of the offense. It's about really getting invested and learning every single teammate so that you can build them up in moments when they're a little bit down. It just really helps to have that role ready, then always be wondering, why aren't they ready for me? 
ultimately, I think for us, it, this is selfishly, I think as reporters, this is what we would rather be covering. <laughs> um, just, you know, the, the, the biggest story, Jonathan Taylor's situation has taken a lot of uh, shine away from the Anthony Richardson situation. But the most important thing going on with this team from the, since the moment they drafted him is what happens with Anthony Richardson and does he develop? And we still don't know. We still don't know what he's going to turn into. We don't know uh, if him starting, if he's going to take this and run with it or if it's going to be a struggle. And we, don't, we don't know any of that stuff yet. Ultimately, though, this is the most interesting for the regular season is getting to see him learn on the fly how the Colts use him, how they tailor the offense as they go, how, how, how they what they find that, that, that works, what doesn't. It's all so much more interesting with Anthony Richardson at the helm and them developing the franchise of the future than it is if it's Gardner Minshew. Like Gardner Minshew said it point blank in his press conference today. He said this is his franchise. And that's that's the truth. It's been the truth since they used the number four pick on him. It, this is a much more interesting season with Anthony Richardson starting right away. Much and, more reason to turn on your TV on Sundays. Yeah, and it's going to be interesting. And for probably reasons good and bad, there's going to be high and low moments. It's a volatile type of skill set and age that he is as a quarterback and experience level. And it's like there's just so many new things. That's what's been fun ever since he got drafted. Is I, I keep thinking about the first. The first day he showed up uh, – in that facility, the first practice that he had, uh, the, the first training camp practice here, the first preseason game, everything's a first for him. And then you think about if he starts this full season, he'll have played more games in the NFL than he played in his college career, or started, I should say, more, more NFL starts than college starts if he starts this year. And we're going to get to see how he reacts to a lot of things. That's, that's going to be reacting to good moments and moments of success, those moments where he does flash that upside and, and maybe they have a comeback win. Or there's moments where – you know, it doesn't come together where he maybe throws a pick in crunch time or, or doesn't have the right, you know, the, the best game and it falls short. And everything is – that unknown with him is what's been so fascinating since he got drafted. So we're not making any predictions on, on what he's going to be because I don't know. And, frankly, it's more fun to me to not know because everything that we see is going to be sort of uh, covering this, this story as it unfolds. Joint practices coming up. They take on a different tenor with Anthony Richardson coming up. We'll be covering them. We will. What we're going to do, since there's two of us, is one of us is going to watch the offense one day. One of us is going to watch the defense. We will do competing. Uh, we'll do. We'll do each do an observation post from each practice. Uh, you guys will only read one. <laughs> 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 which, which I I feel very confident in. Yeah, that's uh, why we're, we're gonna trade it though. We're not, still not, gonna do both. Not one of us is gonna take both offense. Yeah, we're still gonna do both. Uh, but you guys are only gonna read one. I just know that right now. When Nate's in Philadelphia without me, uh, next week he's probably only gonna watch Anthony Richardson. Yeah, and that would be the right move. Uh, but we'll have lots more on this decision. What happens over the next couple days? Uh, this this end of training camp period at IndyStar.com. Uh, look for our work there and listen for us on the radio. For the IndyStar, I'm Joel Erickson. This has been Nate Atkins. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left.
Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.